Welcome to Workforce Insight, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. I'm your host, Bhushan Sethi, Joint Global Leader of People and Organization Practice at PwC. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. In our latest Pulse survey of senior executives and employees, we realized there were a number of challenges that companies need to address. Whether it's how do we bring people safely back to the office? How do we think about the mandating of vaccines to drive confidence in our communities? How do we manage the 65% of employees that are out there looking for other jobs? And how do we think about a future of work that's more simplified, more automated? And how do we manage that uncertainty? I'm delighted to be joined by Julia Lamb, PwC's Global Workforce Strategy Leader, Her and I are going to get into this discussion today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Julia. Thanks so much for having me. So first questions first. Would you prefer a hiking vacation or a beach vacation and why? Non-kids, Julia. Hiking. Machu Picchu, one of my best trips ever. Kids, Julia. Beach. Nice. Very good. I think I would absolutely agree on both counts. So, Julia, I'm very excited that our Executive Pulse survey has been released in August. Over 750 business leaders across different areas, including over 100 HR leaders, over a thousand employees were surveyed. We got some really interesting findings. What were your big takeaways? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things came out in the survey. For sure, the turnover and that companies are seeing a rise in turnover much more so than before. That was one that came out loud and clear. Also, the short-term getting back to the office and how to make a hybrid working model, that seemed to be a pretty dominant trend coming out. And I think the last thing was really thinking about some of the data and concerns around vaccines. So one stat that I thought was pretty interesting was that two-thirds of the respondents said they were pro-mandating vaccines at work. So just really interesting. And obviously, that's a very charged debate, but interesting to see what executives want. Yeah, we definitely have here and now what we have to address around, like you said, 65% of people are out there looking for another job. We've got vaccine mandates where we have parity between employees and employees, over two thirds of them actually want them mandated as part of return to office. But if you look forward, what was interesting for me is the business leaders, when asked what was the most important part of their future strategy in the next 12 to 18 months, A couple of the pieces really did relate to human capital. The first was, we want to redesign our work so we're less reliant on key individuals. You and I have worked with a lot of organizations that have key person risk. But the other big observation was they said, investing in strategic planning. And if you think about all the uncertainty that we have around us in terms of how we manage our supply chains, what does the role of geopolitics look like? How do we come back of where human contact facing businesses That was interesting that our clients, our business leaders are looking to invest in strategic planning, which as we know, links to business plans and workforce plans. Yeah, all these points are kind of interconnected, right? But documenting processes, not only is that a risk thing, right? Like if your workforce is going to leave, you want to make sure those things are documented so you can train someone new, onboard employees relatively seamlessly. But going back to the mental health and well-being, and work-life balance, right? We've got so many clients who are out there saying, I can't take vacation. Employees really feel like their role is mission critical, which is great on one hand, but they also feel like they can't get out of the office because they haven't documented it. They've got some 
unique knowledge. And so just connecting a couple of those different things, I think that if you're able to remove the power of the individual and take some of that automated, put it in systems, have multiple people be able to do that work, that alleviates a little bit of our wellness challenge as well. Yeah, we still have a burnout issue. It's been lingering for a number of months. We have an overwork issue in the pandemic. Big role there for leaders. In addition to what you're describing around redesigning the work, simplifying the work and just setting clear priorities around, like you said, what is urgent and important? What is mission critical? What can we defer? What is non-value add, whether it's producing reports, whether it's a set of client meetings, whether it's thinking about marketing campaigns. And there's a big role for the HR leaders there to work with the businesses to say, how do we lead in a different way? And as part of redesigning and simplifying work to really meet the business and the people's needs. Yeah, and I've got to think that when you look at just what's happening in the talent marketplace and the number of open jobs, the turnover, but also the mismatch between skills, right? If you're able to simplify some of these things, you reduce some of the potentially manual, menial work, you can elevate that. So people are able to have more fulfilling careers. Absolutely. If we dig into that retention stat, it's staggering. 65% are looking for a job. That compares to 36% when we polled the same population in May of 2021. We know there's a template of what leaders are looking for to try and drive retention. In our survey, leaders actually said, which was actually refreshing to hear, that we're going to lead with purpose and values as a way to attract people. Leaders were also clear that compensation was a challenge as well as flexibility. What are you seeing from your clients on that topic around retention of top talent and attracting talent? Yeah, I think still too many clients are trying to address the comp thing after the employee already has another job offer. The flexibility is definitely a challenge. And, I, you know, when we say flexibility here, really it's thinking about hybrid work and are you going to allow people to work flex time, flex place. We have a lot of clients who are willing and ready to adopt that for the roles where it makes sense. So I think that's been really fabulous. The third on that list of the reason employees are leaving was career advancement opportunities elsewhere. And just thinking about people who've been in a job for a long time In many cases, they may have voiced, hey, I want to work on something different, but organizations struggle with internal mobility and moving people around, whether that's the manager behavior that, you know, you want to keep the good people on your team, whether that's just tactically a business decision. Does it make sense to uproot someone who is very steeped in the team, in the knowledge, going back to our knowledge management and documentation discussion? So all of those things are high on the list. But the fourth was overwhelming workload and tying back into that. So, you know, hope that maybe they'll go somewhere else. And maybe when you get somewhere else, you're going to be able to suddenly balance things. I don't know if that one's so realistic, because I think we're all doing the same thing and doing more with less. But those seem to be the things that were tying up employees. What about you, Bushan? When you think about some of these things that are coming on the top list, benefits, leaving for personal reasons, what else are you hearing from your clients? Yeah, I want to pick up on the vaccine mandate piece. I was quite surprised that two-thirds of employees were comfortable with vaccine mandates as part of return to office because, again, this is going to be different in different industries, but some employees have said that they're more comfortable if they know everyone's vaccinated. Think about if you work in a manufacturing environment. Think about if you work in essential retail where you're around colleagues and you're in close proximity. 
the big challenge is we know that the vaccine hesitancy around the country in different demographics is skewed. The HR leaders that we polled, one of their top three focus areas for the next three to six months is to drive more adoption of the vaccine. That was interesting to see that business leaders and HR see it as part of their purpose and their societal obligation to drive more vaccine adoption amongst their workforce. Yeah, I mean, and this one's really charged. Even when I go on site to clients now, we're being very cautious and we take the PwC policy, we combine it with the client policy. Clients are still figuring this out and very personal variety of challenges and decisions that people have to make about their own going back to the office. Even earlier today, I was talking to a client. We started talking about what is it that companies are mandating? How many of your clients are mandating vaccines? And it got into a discussion around viewpoints on society and companies' role in society. And so just really interesting there. Obviously, a lot of different opinions. So if we think about the return to office, in our survey, again, 750 business leaders, 20% of them actually said over the fall in the autumn, we want people back full time, five days a week. Over 50% actually said we want people in some form of a hybrid, whether it's one days, two days, three days. So if you think about it, 70% of the workers of the clients that we surveyed will be in the physical office between now and the end of the calendar year dealing with all kinds of challenges around their safety and their well-being and how do we reintegrate. And we know that business leaders still want to move people back more quickly than employees. What are you seeing around that topic now? Well, I think this one also highlights how quickly things change, right? We feel that the survey just two weeks ago and already there's many more companies have said we're pushing back our dates. So it's sort of a fascinating time to watch all these changes. I think most clients are still hoping to get people back in, but they also are tying it back to purpose and values and saying, hey, one of the most important things is keeping our workers safe. So making sure you've got a very clear policy, making sure employees understand the policy and they're comfortable with the policy. And I think our clients are doing a pretty good job there. The ones who are leading with empathy and who are polling workers and listening to workers and responding to that, playing that data back, seem to be building a really great sense of trust with their workforce. And the ones who are kind of making decisions outside of that, not involving employees, don't seem to be doing quite as well. So that's just an interesting piece that's been evolving since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's incredibly localized. And this is where we have to blend consumer lives, societal lives, parental lives, and working lives together. So the whole topic of mask wearing is an issue in schools. It's the issue in a workplace. The vaccinations, it's an issue if we go around our consumer lives, whether it's entering restaurants, theaters here in New York City or sporting places. And as we know, some firms are mandating vaccines. So we've seen over the pandemic that these topics become very intertwined the latest one being societal purpose and what is our social responsibility around our community. Great point about the role companies play and, and the responsibility in society. And this is really challenging leaders in new and different ways. Do you want to talk a little bit about the survey findings around leadership attitudes and employee sentiment and just anything that surprised you or what you're seeing with clients in this space? Yeah. So what's really clear is leaders play a massive role in retaining and attracting colleagues. Leaders play a massive role in making hybrid work work for those organizations that choose it. 
we've worked with a number of clients to actually help them define what inclusive leadership means for them. And whether it's leading with empathy, making sure that you're coaching and investing in yourself and your people, investing in your own well-being and the well-being of your teams, back to the point of giving people time off or letting people take breaks, helping simplify work. But the other one's how the leaders redesign work. How do you make work more asynchronous so it can be done at different times, maybe using automated workflow tools or shared documents, as opposed to people forever being on the same conference calls or in the same physical workplace. So big role of leaders. And it was interesting that the HR leaders that we polled said leadership is their number one issue as well as retaining people. And I think those things are very, very interlinked. Love it. And if anything can help with meeting overload, Bouchon, I think that would be amazing and very well appreciated by the masses. In terms of the return to the workplace, and again, this is a contentious topic, but the role of business travel, what we're seeing is the pandemic, I think, has taught us that unnecessary travel, that one hour trip to Boston from New York, not as necessary. But I took my first plane ride in 18 months this week, spent a couple of days in the Midwest with a client team, and it was amazing. It was amazing to get back out there. It was a little bit fearful in terms of being on a plane with a mask and being in a hotel, being able to see people, not spend a full day in a Zoom call, and just to be able to engage and build relationships with new people and just to have that social connection. It was great. And I'm seeing that when I go back to the office a few days a week here in New York with all the safety protocols that we have in place, it's motivating and enjoyable to see some of our people around inside and outside of the office. Yeah, Bushan, I think you're making the case for using the office in different ways. I had one planned for Atlanta next week, which was canceled because too many people had anxiety about going to the meeting in person. So obviously not everyone's in the same place around that, but tying back to why go meet in person. It's to collaborate. It's to build commitment. It's to build your relationships, socialize, have a little bit of that sense of community. And I do hope, you know, it doesn't go back to just what it was before. This is a great opportunity for companies to change when and why they get together. Absolutely. As we think about HR leaders and when they were looking forward and in terms of what they're going to be doing as they go forward, they're still focused on how do we drive the right systems? How do we drive the right data? Anything else you picked up from the HR leaders in terms of the look forward? I think that their plate just remains really full. HR leaders and their teams, their support teams has been stressed certainly throughout the pandemic, but the hybrid model stays. Employee mental health and well-being was cited on the survey as one of the biggest priorities with 29% of CHROs saying that was a top priority. The career development and progression, we see a ton of clients rethinking their learning strategies using digital learning mechanisms, but also trying to make sure that that learning is able to be applied in the workforce. Culture in hybrid working, 28% of CHROs identified that as a key priority. So they just have a lot of things on this list that are not just HR priorities, right? These are priorities for the organization overall. So I think that's going to continue to stress this function that already for many months now has been responsible for so many things related to the physical safety and well-being. Yeah, that plate remains to be full. Totally agree. And HR has done a heroic job in many, many organizations over the course of the pandemic. And as we're seeing from our clients are in very high demand. HR professionals, diversity professionals are part of that. So HR is focusing on retention for the business. Let's hope the business leaders are looking 
to retain some of their critical HR talent. Yeah. But I almost had to laugh at the challenges list because nothing's changed with that. <laughs> when you look at the major and moderate challenges for HR, so budget, more than 70% had said that was the number one issue. Systems and tools, quality and availability of credible workforce and people data and talent. So that list has not changed despite all of this. So it does remain a really challenging area. Yeah, which links into the business leaders saying over the next 12 to 18 months, really understanding how we manage uncertainty by more robust strategic planning, which includes the links to what skills do I need? Where do they need to be located in the world? Am I going to have to redeploy supply chains? Am I going to have to redesign legal entity structures and transfer pricing? And does that mean people are going to be in different locations because of tax rules? All of that requires human resource leaders at the table as those strategies get reset. So Julia, as we look to close, what are the big takeaways you have when you look at this data and the business leaders on the call and the HR leaders? What would your big advice be to them? I think two key things. One is think about recruiting your talent before they walk out the door. <laughs> you know, think about giving them those development opportunities. Think about the compensation. It's a lot harder to bring someone new in and go ahead and get them up to speed. There's going to be a lot of lost productivity. So look at your talent strategy now. And I think the second is around the hybrid new ways of working. Bouchon, to your point about rethinking how you work. We've got a huge opportunity still, and we've been talking about it for months, but a huge opportunity to revisit the ways work is done. And I think organizations really need to take that now and run with it, especially as we think about further pushing back office reopenings, et cetera. How about you, Bouchon? Anything else you'd add to that? Yeah, my biggest ad would be focus on what inclusive leadership looks like at your organization. So for some, it might be doubling down and saying, how do we engage people who are very different to us? How do we have reverse mentoring? How do we redefine kind of what leaders' roles are and how do we push leadership down into kind of very low levels of the organization? Is it the vulnerable, inspirational leader or is it the empathetic collegial leader? So for me, that human contact is so, so important. And whether that means people get together once a quarter for signature events, or people are comfortable to come into an office once or twice a week, I think organizations need to figure out what that means for them, because you and I crave social connection, maybe not every single day, and we're different, but organizations have to think about leadership and what does that mean at every level, including how we drive relationships and connection to manage attrition and so people can bring their best self to work. Julia, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with me today. Great discussion and a real set of practical insights for people to use. And thank you listeners for tuning in again to this episode of Workforce Insight. Please do visit our website for more insights on how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges. And please go listen to previous episodes and subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.